0: All right, well, that's all the uh, announcements today. I do have uh, one more video here in a moment, but we'll get to that. Um it's I am uh, we've been talking about biblical justice here for a while, and uh, last week we kind of ended up that and I'm we're getting close to Advent and I was, you know, just praying, "God, what is it that you want us to to kind of learn or to talk about as we're coming into the middle of um the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas and and all that." And um you know, one of the things that uh, I really think that we as Americans are strong about is freedom, right? Would you agree? Like, we love freedom in the United States, and especially in Texas, we love freedom because we, you know, nobody can tell us what to do because we're, we're from Texas, and we, I've said before, we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, and we're going to get to work, and we're going to do our thing, and uh, it's just, it's about freedom. We love freedom, and I was thinking as we get close to uh, election day, and uh, I think um, most people will be glad when that's over. Um, on uh, Election Day coming up Tuesday, one of the freedoms we have is the freedom to vote. I would encourage you all to go vote. But uh, remember, we talked about this last week, our citizenship is primarily, we are citizens of the kingdom of God, and we want to make sure that we always prioritize His kingdom. But um, the, the idea of freedom and that we have this, uh, this ability, the freedom to vote, I thought, you know what, let's talk about freedom today. And uh, to, I think that it's freedom, this idea of freedom is not something that's unique to us. This is something that is, it spans space and time. People want freedom. They talk about freedom. It's something, well, in fact, that's what this video clip will help to illustrate today. Let's watch this short video. You'll understand what I'm talking about. I am William, I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen, here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? That they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Does that help us understand? Like, do you guys remember seeing that clip, if that's the first time, or if you've... I saw it for the first time today or if you've seen it before, uh, and I don't usually show clips, but I thought, man, when I saw that, it like made me want to, like, we're going to, we need freedom. You know, everybody, we talk about freedom and we want freedom, and it makes us excited about freedom. And I was thinking about the book of Galatians. I don't know if you guys are very familiar with the book of Galatians. We're going to be in Galatians today, by the way, chapter 5. And the book of Galatians is all about freedom, um, especially what we're talking about today. But it's, it's a book of freedom in, in his explains how Christ, by His death and resurrection, has set us free from sin and death. He has given us the ability, by faith alone, to be saved through Jesus. We are free, and I think many of us take that for granted. Let's uh, Galatians chapter 5. By the way, if you'd like to uh, follow along notes in today's message, you can get them off the church's app, uh, the the Lantana Church app, or you can uh, go to the Bible app, and there's notes on there. Just find today's event uh, for the church, and it'll be there. Anyway, Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You are trying to be justified by law, have you who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, but by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, I'm going to continue on for a minute, but that right there will preach. The only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. And that's what we just came through. Love is a verb. Love is something we do. It's, it's action. All right, anyway, verse 7. Uh, you, who, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Man, I don't know if you, like, if you read that and you really begin to think about what Paul's trying to say about what freedom is and, and what it looks like. It's... There's a depth there as we get into that, and so much we can preach on there, but I needed to give the whole theme because we're talking about freedom today, because our society loves freedom. We're enamored with it. We exalt it as the be-all and end-all. We, ha- we live in a free country. We have freedom of religion. We have freedom to vote. We have freedom to work anywhere that'll take us. Keep that in mind. Not everybody's going to take you. <laughs> We have uh, freedom to choose what we eat, freedom to choose to eat genetically modified or not genetically modified. You know, we have freedom to choose what kind of car we'll drive as long as you can afford it, freedom to choose the store that you buy your groceries in, freedom to choose the store you buy your clothes in. We have ultimate freedom. In fact, our society's ultimate punishment, the worst punishment, that our society bestows on people is depriving them of their freedom. Right? We love freedom. So when we read something about freedom, it resonates with us. Ooh, I want to be free. I like being free. I am free. We want to talk about it. In 2001, the first ever Holocaust Memorial Day was recognized. It's a day we remember the Jews and others of the Second World War and their loss. Of freedom and lives. On Memorial Day, for us, we remember what our freedom cost. One of the justifications used years ago for the wars in Afghanistan and in Iraq was uh, not only that we wanted to, you know, help the people there and, and the terrorism angle, but it was so that all people of Uh, from Afghanistan and Iraq could be free so that we could we could free them from tyranny so that women would begin to have the same rights as men over there because they're so oppressed it was for freedom that we wanted to liberate the people of Afghanistan and Iraq so when we talk about the gospel and, and you can remember this. Some, sometimes we're looking for ways to talk about the gospel to people maybe who don't believe like we do. And, and we want to talk about something. The best and easiest way for us to do that is to enter from this, this gateway of freedom. Because we all like freedom and we agree with freedom and we want freedom. So when you're talking with people... Ask them about freedom and do you want to be set free? This was a tactic that Paul used many times. In fact, it was inflammatory to the Jews. Of course we're free because you remember they had a chip on their shoulder because they had been slaves for a long time in Egypt. So they understood what slavery was that had been passed down through the generations. And Paul said, well, don't you want to be free? They get mad at him. We're free. What are you talking about? We're free. And he'd say, well, are you really free? In verse 1 of our scripture today, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. So I want to look at freedom today. What does freedom mean for us as followers of Jesus? What does freedom mean to be set free from something or to be set free for something? Let me give you a little background on the book of Galatians. Galatians was written to a group of Jewish and Gentile Christians in a church that Paul had started in the town of Galatia. He came in, he had started this town, and um, as time went on, they began to get to have issues with the Jewish law was creeping in. And and people were coming in and saying, wait a minute, did Paul say that that it's by uh, faith alone that you've been saved? Yeah, yeah, Jesus died on the cross, we're free. And they'd say, well, it can't be that easy, right? There has to be more to it. And that's the thing for all of us. Uh, we have found even as, as people or in the church, sometimes it's hard to get somebody to come to a free event. <laughs> well, free? I don't believe that. <laughs> There's something to that, right? If you charge a little bit, everybody comes. Oh, well, I must be getting some value for my money. And, and that's the way we are. We're skeptical by nature of things and of people. And so Paul and Je- well, Jesus taught, and then Paul came along and said, "Hey, it's you, you can be set free. All you got to do is ask, believe in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. The work's been done." No, no, there's more to it than that. No, no, there's not. And so after Paul left, of course, they began to. There was more to it, and they found out that um, th- they, they were coming in and they would say, "Well, so we still have to follow some of the law." And and specifically in Galatians, it was circumcision. Circumcision was a big deal. Yes, Jesus has saved you, but you also have to be circumcised. It became a Jesus and something gospel. And just as a warning for us, as followers of Jesus, we have to be careful of that. We can't say, oh, well, it's Jesus and something. Jesus and go to Sunday school every day. I mean, I want you to go to Sunday school. I want you to have a, a home group or a small group. But that doesn't make you a Christian. For the Jews, a lot of what they thought was uh, about circumcision and dietary law and Sabbath keeping. We've talked about that before. They focused on those things. And those are the things that Jesus got in fights with over and over and over, the Pharisees and Sadducees. He would heal somebody on the Sabbath and they'd say, we need to kill this guy because he's healing on the Sabbath. It's because those are external things, things that you could watch. And then it, it makes sense then that Jesus said, well, it's a circumcision of the heart. It's nothing you can see. What's your heart look like? You know, I'm, I'm talking about this. I love freedom, by the way, but that has, no, these aren't even in my notes today. It's, it's, uh, so I'll get on with it in a minute, but I just think that we need to be very careful as people that we don't establish a Jesus and something religion. It's, our faith is in Jesus Christ alone. Him crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected. That's it. You get into James and he says, faith without works is dead. We understand that. Works don't make us Christians, but if we have faith to believe in Jesus, then out of that is going to come works following him. They were saved because of Christ and his salvation. We're saved by faith, not by observing the law. So he says, we have been set free. But set free from what? A couple of things. One is free from labels. So these uh, sociologists would call it a boundary marker, what we were talking about. Circumcision, dietary law, Sabbath keeping, those are boundary markers. Those determine who's in and who's out. If you wanted to know who a good Jew was, they were circumcised. If they were a man, they were uh, obeying all the diet, not eating pork and and stuff. And some of the diet, if you read through, uh, Leviticus and some of the laws, some of the dietary restrictions were were weird, but they followed them like they couldn't have a cheeseburger. did you know that? You could have cheese and you could have a burger, but you couldn't have them together. <laughs> a good Jew would follow those dietary laws, and they would keep the Sabbath. they had regulated and they had figured out how to do it so So those are boundary markers It's these markers that told people who were good Jews. Not any Jew, but a good Jew. And the same same thinking applies to freedom from any label. Think about Trekkies. Are Trekkies still a thing? Okay, so some of you younger ones maybe don't know what a Trekkie is. Uh, Star Trek, right? Anybody know who Star Trek so, so Star Trek, way back in the day, they would have these big, they might still have them, these big conferences, and they would have, the Trekkies would go, and they would, they would wear their jumpsuits, you know, the little jumper suits, and they would have the little star for the fleet uniform. They would have Spock ears. They would wear those around. They would have the badges. They would have the flip phone looking walkie-talkie. thing. Like, it was, it was a Trekkie. Anyway, so those are some boundary markers for them. How about Evangelic Christians? Go back to the, uh, 20th century, even the 19th century, what, what made a good evangelical Christian? Well, if you didn't drink and you didn't dance and you didn't go to the movies and you didn't wear makeup and you didn't cut your hair and, and girls only wore dresses and that made you a good Christian. You see, we as people we also have boundary markers. Things that we establish as, as who determines who's in and who's out. What we've learned though and I appreciate this for more recent uh, theology. The theology hasn't changed, but the way we talk about it has. It's not those rules that we have set up that makes you, determines who's in and who's out. It's only faith in Jesus Christ. Now, don't mistake, the rules are not bad. And there's, the, the, there's rules written all in there. Don't get me wrong. But it's first Jesus. First Jesus and then the rules just naturally follow, right? They just naturally follow because I love Jesus so much, I want to do what he wants me to do. What about Christians today? Are there boundary markers? We have boundary markers today. I remember we went through a phase of a WWJD bracelet. Do you remember those? Does anybody ever even still have a WWJD? For a while, if you had one of those, WWJD was what would Jesus do? It took the world by storm, and they were a little bracelet, and you put it on, like, oh, you must be a Christian. Uh, Fish stickers on our cars, remember that? I don't see those as much anymore. That was was another boundary marker. Um, Clapping at the right time probably still is a boundary marker. (laughs) (laughs) If our criteria makes... Uh, of what makes a Christian is anything other than faith in Christ, it is dead. We are wrong. Or if we begin to trust in legalism, we are wrong. Those things things just don't matter. When we become obedient to the law instead of having faith in Jesus, we've got to be careful with that. Again, don't misunderstand. I'll tell you a story. My dad... um, who I would not be a Christian if it wasn't for him um when i was he he got saved when I was a child, so uh he was and he'll tell you himself so i 'm not saying anything that i couldn't say in front of him he wasn't a he wasn't a good man he was an alcoholic, he fought a lot, he um went to to bars and he would he would always go to a bar and try to get in a fight that was his thing and uh which probably isn't hard at a bar, you know. So I, but I can remember him telling me whenever he got saved, he didn't know what being a Christian looked. So he didn't know what it looked like. He was asking God to help me. He said, the best thing for me was to look at the rules and say, oh, this is what it looks like. So as he grew in his faith, he at least had a template that he could say, well, this makes sense. So the, don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm not saying the rules are bad. I'm just saying you have faith in Jesus first. And, and as a leader in the church, I can tell you, as a pastor, that's hard for me to say because I want to say, have faith in Jesus. And then if I see you doing something, then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> that can, I have to, okay, wait, I just have to, let, I have to let the Holy Spirit. He's the one who has to work with you. It's not my job. My job is to tell you about Jesus. My job is to help you connect with him. My job is to teach on this. And then your job is to connect with the Holy Spirit. So that's when we're free from labels. Isn't that awesome? Paul came in and he said, and that's what he's saying. Hey, guess what, guys? Circumcision doesn't matter anymore. And all the men were like, whew, that's a good thing. Because as a, as a full-grown Gentile, they were like, I don't, I don't really know if I want to follow Jesus that bad. And he said, that's okay because it doesn't matter. You can get circumcised. That's fine. But you don't have to because that doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a follower of Christ and the way they talked about it was the way. I love that. Um, if believers of the way, followers of the way, if you want to follow the way, just believe in Jesus. Just believe in Jesus. You don't have to be circumcised or follow a particular diet or keep the Sabbath. Those things don't matter anymore. The other thing that we're set free from is is sin. And this is... uh, Understand, stick with me for a minute on this. So... One way we talk about sin is is our flesh, right? You you maybe have heard some old-timers talk about that. Um, Our flesh. It's when Adam and Eve sinned, we all are born with sin. We understand that, right? As a theological concept, it's just, it, it is. So we're all born with sin. Now, what Paul comes in and say is that it's not that our bodies are evil and our spirit is good necessarily, It's that God wants to heal us of the sin that entangles us, okay? It's been called the sinful nature. It's been called a sinful self-interest. You you can call it whatever you want, but to break it down, it is a compulsion to sin, an inability to do what is right. It is the, the human condition. It is the way that we were born. Now, Paul comes in and he says that we have been set free from this, that we're no longer a slave to sin. In other words, we don't have to fall into sin all the time everywhere we go. We're not dominated by sin and evil. I'm not saying that you're not going to sin ever again. I'm saying it does not have to be your master. You have been set free from it. We're no longer slaves to sin and flesh. Charles Wesley wrote a hymn, a, a great song, and it, says, and it says this. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. You maybe know this one. Thine eyes diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free, set free from sin as our master. You don't have to obey the master of sin anymore by the blood of Jesus Christ and the help of the Holy Spirit. But that's not all. Not only are we free, free from the flesh, free from labels, and this is the last one, we have been set free to do things. We're set free from things, and then we're given permission, set free to do certain things, free to love. Man, when we're living in sin, the way Paul says it is we're, we're devouring each other. It's a crazy way to live, right? Um, and In our, our small group, our Sunday school class, we've been talking about um, it's, the book is unoffendable. You've heard me mention it a couple times. We live in an offended state. Everybody does something all the time, and it, it just offends us. I, was, I, got, I got highly offended a couple of days ago. I was, was driving. It's, it seems to happen to me mostly when I'm driving. I don't know what that says about me. I was driving, and, and there was a, a motorcycle came up to my left beside me. And, and listen, I, I have a motorcycle license. I've always uh, rode motorcycles. I don't have one now, but it was... So I, I pay attention to them. It was coming up. I noticed that he's coming up, and then he cut in front of me and went like two lanes of traffic over, and never stopped or slowed down. And I was like, "Dumb motorcycle!" I can't believe it. I got really irritated with him because here I am, a, a supporter of safety for people riding motorcycles, and he's going off and he's doing this. He's giving motorcycle riders a bad name, and this is why. And this is how people get hurt. And this is how, you know. And I, I started to get all crazy in my head, but that's. And so then I have to say, because I'm not a slave to sin, right? Oh God. God help me. Clean my heart. I don't want to be offended at every little thing. That's no fun way to live. Always mad about this, always upset about that. So that's where we are, though. It's a, it's a crazy way to live, but that's where a lot of us live. We're always mad about something, irritated about something. Um, just and and my caution to everybody is watch out for social media. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, don't put whatever you think on there. <laughs> and if you think it and it can't go on Facebook, then pray for God to deliver you from it. <laughs> because we need, to, we need to be careful. We have been set free to love. He's given us permission to love. He's, he's put his love in our hearts. We believe that God is love. He fills us with his love, and now that comes out of us. Love for God. Society tells us that freedom is to be able to do what we want, right? Many think freedom is, the re, is uh, that we are free from the responsibility of having to care. <laughs> like, oh, good, I don't have to care anymore. I've been set free. <laughs> Forget everybody because I'm free and can do whatever I want. And then you fall in love. And you realize, wait a minute, I'm set free. I, I, I love this person. I'm not free to do whatever I want because sometimes what I want is to make them happy. And what makes them happy is something I don't want. <laughs> we want to take care of the ones we love. For instance, guys will sit through movies like Sleepless in Seattle. Anybody remember that one? Or uh, you've got mail, those are some old ones. How about the notebook? <laughs> like, guys will sit there and watch it. Not really having a great time, but because they love the person they're with, they do it. Well, we, what we do is we love somebody, now their happiness, their fulfillment makes a difference to us. We want to see their lives fulfilled. We want them to see our love. We have compassion. So the freedom that Paul's talking about is not freedom from responsibility, but freedom to love people. Freedom to seek the best for others. The way we defined it over the summer when we were talking about love is love is best defined as seeking others' well-being. Are we seeking their well-being? So that's what Paul has set us free to seek others' well-being. Not Paul. Paul tells us we have been set free by Jesus to free, I mean, to love people and to see their, their best, their well-being is what we want to see. Just like when we're in love and we want to see that person we love happy and satisfied, we want to do things for God because we understand that as part of love in fact the compromise becomes part of the reason we love that person so much isn't it awesome when they compromise for you and they say oh you know what I want to watch that car show with you (laughs) yes she loves me (laughs) because she could care less about cars (laughs) right It's it's a give and take, and they compromise for us, and we compromise for them, and our love grows. And it's the same thing for other people. We want to see their best. We need to, and as Christ fills us, as the Holy Spirit fills us, our desire becomes for them to see their best, to see their happiness. We begin to fall in love with God, and we understand what it means to be led by the Spirit. We realize the freedom to follow the law of Christ Helps us to be set free even more. The more we fall in love with him, the more we follow him, the more freedom we feel. It's awesome. It's this cyclical thing. And I, I can use um, working out, for instance. And nobody alive, when they get out of shape, says to themselves, You know what? That sounds like a lot of fun to go work out today. <laughs> I think I'm going to go run a mile. Nobody ever says that. <laughs> when they're out of shape. <laughs> but then when you start to get in shape, you're like, oh, I kind of like this. Wait a minute. I think I want to go work out again. Can I go work out again tomorrow? You know, it, it, it happens as we, and it's the same as we love others. The more we love them, the more we show our expression for them, the more we see their well-being, the more, the more their happiness, uh, uh, happiness is probably the wrong word, the more the, they are fulfilled the more we want to do. Unlike our society, personal freedom to do, to do whatever we like is not what Paul means when he says Christ has set us free. Charles Wesley's hymn I was talking about earlier, Ain't Can It Be, but I left off the last line. Long by imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin in nature's night, thine eye diffused a quickening ray, I woke, imagine this, the dungeon flamed with light, my chains fell off, My heart was free. In the last line, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Sometimes we live like the last line doesn't exist. My chains fell off. Now my heart is free, and we stop there. But they have been set free so that I can rise and go forth and follow God. Right. That's why we have been set free. Christ gives us freedom to follow Him, freedom to love, freedom from badges, freedom from flesh, freedom to love others. In all this, our example should be Christ. If you read Philippians 2, 5-11, it says um, He did not consider being one with God something to be grasped. See, He set aside His divinity, and He came to this earth, and even though He was God, He put that aside so that he could live as a human, which is amazing, speaking of Trinity, that our God would set his divinity aside and say, I just want to be a human, and I'm going to live among them, and I'm going to let them kill me. That's love. He went and hung out with sinners. He talked to all different people. He gave everything. As he lived his life, he was free. Not living his life tied to others' expectations. He went and and spent time with people that they got mad at him for spending time with. I can't believe he's hanging out with sinners. I can't believe he did it. But he did nothing out of selfish ambition. He did nothing for gain for himself. Then he gave his life. Jesus' example of voluntarily giving up his freedom for the sake of others is the greatest example we can follow. So, today as we come into this time of elections and voting and everybody's stirred up about freedom and and we all have the freedom to vote and, and we all should... I'm asking that you think about, that you reflect on freedom. What are we free from? As I close, I'm going to read a last section out of Galatians, and this is out of the message translation, which isn't always the best translation to study, but sometimes it so eloquently says something that we're trying to learn here. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure you don't use that freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's Word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom to quote William Wallace <laughs> you have been set free isn't that awesome so this morning I just Im- invite you to to think about that and and think about what is it that you've been set free from what in your life used to bind you and Jesus has set you free and it's a marvelous thing and let's be thankful this morning and grateful. And let's think about all of the things, all of the good we can do with that freedom. Let's pray. God, this morning, we are so thankful that you have set us free. Holy Spirit, we are thankful that you reside within us. And I just pray that you would guide us in every single step that we take. And you know, so many times something happens in our lives and we get upset and we're bothered and we're irritated and, and we just don't know exactly what the next step is or what we should do now or, and we end up taking the wrong step. Just be with us. Show us your way. In Jesus' name I pray. And now we're going to sing a song to close here in a moment, but I want to thank all the Harvest people for being with us today. And um, if you are somebody from the church, again, I just invite you to talk to them. And let's wish them well. If you'd like to go see the football game, it's going to be this next Thursday night in Wataga, which is our home field right now. Um, you can talk to me or uh, Coach Jesse's right here. He'll get you. I see also mr. Tarpley back there so find somebody and if you'd like to do that but man thank you guys for being a part of our service today we want to celebrate you and uh, I'm gonna say one more prayer just as a a blessing for the school and then the school and church's partnership as we continue to do what he's called us to do God this morning we're gonna close in a moment but I just also want to say uh, ask for your continued blessing on the school And God, for your continued blessing on the church and schools partnership and that we would see many, many people come to know Jesus Christ through kingdom education. In Jesus' name we pray.